Hello, everybody. This is Steven Dutzman. I am the founder of EngageFamilyGaming.com. If you'll recall, last week we started with a awesome trip around the horn with myself and Amanda, the Princess of Power, and international streaming superstar Zombie Kills. That episode was so great and so long. We had an awesome discussion after we went around the horn. I decided to split the episode in two. So this is the second part where we talk about Zombie Kills' origin story, why she started streaming, her perspectives on being a black content creator, and all of that, as well as some trip down economics lane, talking about pricing, etc. This is a really cool, deep dive into the video game industry. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did with Amanda. And here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I'm still Steven. I'm still here with the Princess of Power, and we are still here with the international superstar streamer, Zombie Kills, the embarrassed, <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't believe he's saying this laugh because you're humble. However, Twitch definitely is international. That's like not even kind of fake. Amanda watches a stream. She's Canadian. That counts. It does. So on a technicality <laughs> level, I got it. And you are a superstar. Oh. And you are a streamer, literally. My heart. Because you stream. So, bam, I did it. I'm technically correct, which, as we all know, is the is appropriate the kind, kind of, correct. of correct. Yeah. So, Zom, we do have a list of questions. Amanda and I did not negotiate beforehand who was going to ask what. So, I'm going to start and then let her roll. I would love to hear your origin story. You know, you're a superhero, as far as I am concerned. Oh, huh. so Why <laughs> did you start? And this is the origin story will go with about playing games. Like, when did you pick up a controller first? You know, Um, because that's an important time of our lives. That is. I started picking up a controller when I was very small. I played Atari, to tell you how old I am. So I'm 37. So I played Burger Time on the Atari was, I think, my first, like, big game. I also played Pong. Like, I played a bunch of stuff. But, I mean, I started playing games. Yeah, I started playing games with my dad when I was really small. Me and my dad would play games, and then me and, like, the neighborhood kids would play games. Well, the neighborhood boys, because all my friends are boys. But it was like my uh, ex- like my my happy place. Because fun fact that I've never said on a podcast, but I was a pageant Excuse kid. Oh, okay. That doesn't <laughs> surprise Miss, me. I was Little Miss Maryland in 1989. <laughs> what is that? Um, That's so, cool. <laughs> so I was like super. Like my mom always forced me to do all this stuff, and so like as my rewards for doing what she wanted me to do, like little, you know, pony, I would get to like play video games with my friends. So (laughs) playing video games is kind of like my happy place always uh, growing up. It was always like something I got to do and I got to like be my tomboy self and I got to be my truest self when I was playing video games. Oh man, I I see myself in though in that answer so deeply. My dad and I, that's how we got started playing games together. Um, all my friends were boys growing up because I could not find any girls to play video games with. It wasn't until I was a, was a grown ass woman yeah. that I found anybody of, you know, my gender that played games. Yep. It was just all dudes. 
Yeah, which is fine, but it's it so much nice. more common now. It's yes. more common now. Yeah. In the early '80s, etc., it was unheard of. Yeah, video games were just for boys. They were marketed to boys. Everything was for boys, and mm-hmm. I, you know, it was the dichotomy of my life because I was like this fruit fruit pink cupcake on the weekends with my mom at various hotels doing pageants, and mm-hmm. then I would play video games as soon as I got home, like tear it all off and play video games. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. That's pretty great, actually. <laughs> and as it turns out, you can, in fact, be both a frou-frou cupcake and play a lot of video games. Big facts. Big facts. So let's talk about how you got your start in streaming. Like, what is it like? Where where did that where did the bug hit you, essentially? Like what in your head said, Bay, you got to start streaming. Um, I was going to. So I have lupus, um, and I had gotten diagnosed with cancer, with uterine cancer, and I was really sick for a while. So I was, like, bedridden, and I had to have, like, emergency surgery. I had, like, a hysterectomy and a bunch of other stuff. And I was bedridden, and I was super depressed. Like, I was just in pain and very depressed. And my baby that I had just had right before that, because I had had a baby that same year. um, Oh, my gosh. So my baby was born a micro preemie. So she was born, she weighed 14 ounces. Um, so she was smaller than a Sprite can. Her name's Fallon. She's my youngest. She's four now. So I was just like depressed for a couple of years and I was playing games. And occasionally I would like broadcast my gameplay every now and then just for my friends to watch. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really streaming. I was just like broadcasting, as I'll say, um, for my friends. But then last year I hit this place where I was just so depressed still and lonely. And I was just sitting at home and I was like, I should like maybe try streaming like as a thing. You know, I never see any black girl streamers. I never see people that look like me. Like, you know, I never see that. So I started streaming to Mixer a year ago. A year uh, ago in RIP September. Mixer. <laughs> I, I don't care. I left Mixer before it crashed for many, many reasons. Oh, okay. Uh, I left it two weeks actually before it burned down. <laughs> Good forethought. But um, yeah, I was really depressed and I started streaming on Mixer. And I streamed with no camera until I hit like close to like a thousand followers. And then I decided to turn my camera on because I was kind of afraid of what people would say to me because of the fact that I'm not thin and I'm not Caucasian. Um, and so I was like kind of anxious, but then I was like, you know what? You're saying there's nobody that looks like you, but you're not showing people what you look like. So like you got to suck it up buttercup. So I, uh, got a camera and then I don't know, sometime around September, like, like, or December of last year, I decided like, I really was enjoying streaming and talking about these things that I talked about in games with my friends, like politics, uh, and talking about race and talking about my gender and talking about these things. And I'd run across these people and I'd have these really great conversations like in-depth race conversations etc and games where somebody would say the n-word and i'd say hey i'm black and they'd be like oh really you know we've been playing games forever i didn't know you're black and then it would be like this whole deep conversation like i didn't really mean it you know and sometimes you know the outcome would be really great sometimes Mm -hmm. i would change somebody's mind because they were just ignorant and they'd never talked to anybody like me before like genuinely and Mm -hmm. i started to kind of live for those interactions and i felt like streaming those types of interactions would help people have a better understanding of how gaming is such a universal language that really brings people together and that you can use that type of platform and use this type of thing to like change the world and gaming has a massive impact 
like gaming in general has such a big impact. So for me, I, I just started buckling down and then Ka had me on spawn on me earlier this year. And, uh, Cause so sweet. It was amazing. And then I decided to give up all of what I was doing on Mixer because I was right at uh, being able to apply for partner stuff. And I just like pivoted because I didn't feel like I was reflected in the audience that I had over there. My audience was all Caucasian. I didn't have any interactions with people of color. Like I was just kind of devoid of chocolate in my life. And when I came over to Twitch, I felt so much black camaraderie and was able to find other streamers to hang out with that looked like me. And I felt like it was much more diverse of a platform and a much larger platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, that I've been on Twitch for exactly like my five months was the other day. I think it was like a few days ago. So I've been on here for five months and um, it's just been pretty amazing. I feel like I've done so much stuff I never thought I would ever do in my life as a streamer. <laughs> like, so it's been kind of good. It's been quite the journey to witness too. I mean, like I, I only recently just started to get to know you, but I, I absolutely adore your energy and I love your energy on stream. You're so, you're just so real. And that, that realness is contagious. It's contagious and it keeps your community engaged. And it's just, oh, it's just been so wonderful to watch your growth and all of the incredible things that you've been doing. And the fact that you gave us your time, like. Hello. Hello. Come on. I'm just a regular schmegular girl. I just wanted to hang out and talk with some cool people. I mean, it's true. But yeah, I just, I do try to be real. I think that's my, my big goal. I can say from my perspective, and and I'll just interject kind of watching your trajectory is I first kind of encountered you on that really special episode of Spot on Me with, I don't want to say the name of the episode incorrectly, but I mean, it was you and you know, lesson five other lesson of blackness. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't know why I wanted to say a history in black. Right, so anyway, thank you. A lesson of blackness. Yeah. That was when I first met you, um, met in air quotes, everybody. But as far as I was concerned, right? Like I, I had no idea that you weren't an international streaming crazy <laughs> superstar, you know, cause you were so professional and so comfortable in what was, what could be considered an uncomfortable place. So I thought your, you know, your strength and your poise in dealing with just the, the nature of good. occasionally I come up with a good word. It's, it's like once a year. Very classy. I feel it's very like once a year. Now. Hey, listen, uh, if I can, if I can succeed at that, that's a good thing. So, <laughs> so that's for me is that I always, I've was, I have always been impressed with how confident you are. And for me, for me, you know, we talked before the show about like running through the tape. It feels like you're always running through the tape because, you know, you've been on, you've been on Twitch for five months. I would have had no idea I, that you nope. weren't, that you didn't like build you the website. <laughs> Carry on. I just wanted to, in, you know, put that little piece in there. You're impressive and good what you do. Thank, thank you very you are much. Impressive and good at what you do. I should actually, if I'm going to get credit for Nailed using it. good words, I should the appropriate ones. I do like that. You got this. Steve, you want to take the next question? Yeah. So obviously this is a family gaming show. And so we know you have kids. So I know some of my quote unquote favorite moments are when my kids become a part of my content, whether I plan on it or not. Right. Same here. Um, you know, I got two tweens that every time I mention my children, they like lean up over the couch and give me a look with their headphones on. Like, are you talking about us? Is it time for us to give feedback? So uh, <laughs> tell us about that. What's yeah. And by feedback, I mean, sass. Kiddo hot takes. 
Hot yeah. takes. Um, I love that. So talk about, so tell us about your kids. Cause I know I have witnessed your kids barging in on some streams yeah. because they know that's just what they do. Yeah. They're my kids are pretty lit. Um, so I have Phoenix Omega. She's named after Jean gray from X-Men. She's a Phoenix. Who's an Omega level mutant. And then I have a uh, Finley Orion. He's named after Finn, the human from adventure time. And, oh. and then I, and then I have Fallon Ophira and Fallon Fallon's named after Blade's daughter, but she's also uh, my mother's grandfather's maiden name when he came over from uh, Ireland. So Fallon, it was the last name, but it's also Blade's daughter's name. So I named all my kids after ultimate comic nerd stuff, right, guys? Um, And Fallon is four, Finley is five, and then Phoenix is, she just turned 12 last Thursday. And so she's a teenager, officially. It's official. Even though I I feel like teenagerness starts at like 10 but she's officially a teenager and my kids some of my best moments i feel like getting to be on the front page of twitch with my daughter twice i was on the front page of twitch with my daughter playing minecraft dungeons for parents day and that was probably like my coolest like career moment where i got to do something with my daughter and we had like ten thousand viewers and she thought it yeah she thought it was like the coolest moment and we got to talk about her coming out because my daughter um came out to me right before that uh that whole thing happened and somebody in the chat said what would you do if your kid was gay um and phoenix said well i looked at phoenix i said hey what what would i what would i do if one of my kids said i was gay and she goes oh my mom just said okay cool (laughs) like and and uh, accepted her about it. And we talked about my daughter's coming out story on the front page of Twitch, which is like probably the best memory I could possibly think oh. of with my kids with gaming. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty great. And uh, I recently got to, for Black Girl Gamers, I was raising money for Brave, the Trans Alliance and uh, Trans Lifeline and Community Service Alliance in Chicago. Um, and I was making pumpkin spice donuts and I was on the front page of Twitch again. And my daughter got to be there with me. And so Dude, we got be so hungry by the way they were so good but it was so fun it's just so fun that i get to like she's at the age where i can incorporate like doing stuff with her and um and then my little ones like they kind of barge in and want to play and do stuff or talk to me or sit on my lap and they'll talk to chat and like i kind of love that and i do too and people draw fan art of my kids i posted some on twitter i'm sure you guys saw like yeah draw and it's cute. so cool. It's so cute. And and my kids love it. They like freak out when they see that people do this. And some people are like, oh, you, your kids on the internet. And I'm like, our kids are all on the internet. If you've got Facebook, literally got always of your children, they're all on the internet. So let's everybody take a deep breath. And the kind of community I foster, uh, people know better. They know better than that crazy. Uh, but I've, I've really loved getting to be a streamer and a mom. And I think it's inspired my daughter. She's an incredible little content creator. She likes to make Minecraft videos and stuff. I haven't let her put them all on YouTube or anything like that yet because I'm just a little afraid of how people might react to her person. Like, I just don't want her person to get hurt. Mm-hmm. But she's watching me do it. And I think it's cool that we're learning together, you know, something cool like this. I mean, because this is a big, you know, streaming is a big – I'm – producing media from my home every day. It's kind of a big deal. It's a huge deal. And it's skills. And I feel like I'm passing them down to her. So it's pretty neat. It is interesting, the stuff as content creators that we pass on to our kids without even really knowing. I recently had the experience of my my 14-year-old. He basically like pulled me aside and was like, yo, listen, we got these new consoles coming. So like this is your entire content this plan. This is awesome. 
And I was like, so what do you mean? And he's like, no, dad, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. And he was talking to me about like marketing, like this is your customer persona for the stuff we're going to do the first weekend. And then we're going to adjust it and we're going to take. And I was like, that's a kid after my heart. Oh, listen, that kid's I been told watching, Amanda listening to virtual economy and I'm like, I told, yeah. I told Amanda and her, her heart grew, uh, th- three sizes just it's already the conversation. huge, so, but it's just like, it's all in here. It's just, it just, it's just, it just, yeah, it was, it, it's interesting. The stuff that we teach as content creators, it's a little inside baseball for people listening. I mean, the stuff that we do is definitely not easy and having our kids learn from it is pretty cool. And uh, I like to think you do a pretty good job. So, uh, your daughter's got a pretty good teacher. Oh, thank you. Agreed. Hard agree. So let's talk about the games that you all play together because, you know, you've got kiddos. So obviously you're going to game with them. What are some of the some of your favorite games to play with your kids? So um, Luigi's Mansion is a big one that we like um, on the Switch. We like Minecraft a ton. We're a huge Minecraft house, big Minecraft house and Fortnite. Um, and now recently, more recently, we've all been playing Minecraft Dungeons. Such a good so, game. It is really fun. So like good. It's, I also play it without my kids, but don't tell them. I have a whole separate account that I play without them. But <laughs> it's, it's only because the little ones always want to get crazy. Um, oh, of course. But, uh, and Sometimes you got to get real with that game. Animal Crossing's yeah. been great because they have their own little like bum kid island that is like <laughs> chaos. Uh, and that's what we did here too. No, there's no way they're coming and cutting down all my trees and like no. And, no baby, your island's a hot mess. You don't, I don't even know where they're just placing their buildings wherever. It's pure. It just sets off like it triggers me. It triggers me. I can't, when I visit their island, I'm like oh, clutching my pearls the whole way to their shop. I'm like oh my gosh, why everything here looks so poor. <laughs> so that's me while I'm on my kid's island. Uh, <laughs> I drop off bells and I leave. I go to sell stuff and I'm like, here, have some money. I, I throw some money at my kids. I'm like, have some money. <laughs> please fix this place up. Please <laughs> fix it. You know, that's me. Uh, but I've loved playing Animal Crossing with them too because I get to see like their little creative brains. But my kids are incredible at Minecraft and it's made me like appreciate Minecraft because I never, I liked it, but I didn't like it the way I like it now. And I use it to teach them stuff all the time, oh, which is great. I love it. He's five, so we've been doing patterns in kindergarten. So every day, make a pattern. Um, and it's part of like their, hey, here's the days of the week. This is the letters of the day that we're learning today. And then it's like, and then here's our pattern of the day. So I've been having him repeat the patterns in Minecraft whenever we get out of school. I'm like, nice. hey, build me build me a house with that same pattern. So we're doing black, white, white, black. So go build me a house with black, white, white, black. And he goes and he does it. And it's so fun. That's so, awesome. Oh, man. Kindy was a time... That was Viv in kindergarten, too. And I mean, you were on my stream today. You were in the chat on my stream today. So you know I am all about teaching through video games. I loved it. I learned a lot while I was in your chat today. I had a good time. Like, I (laughs) I thought it was really fun because I like Civ, too. But I didn't know, like, uh, you know, the the lore. So it was really cool to get, like, a little bit of, like, oh, this is a real person in history. And here's some facts about them. And I had a good time. I learned and I was playing games, so it was a win. And that's kind of what we Everybody do in wins. this house a lot. We do a lot of that. Um, and we do a lot of, like, my husband loves board games, so he's, like, a big board game junkie. And, you know, we're just we're just a family of Aren't nerds. You? Oh, you <laughs> should see my upstairs room. It's shameful. It's just so many board games. You know so, what to do. Uh, to take pictures and then DM them to me. So this is... Uh... 
That is that is us. That's, okay, uh, so take take party. that four times of that, and then that's my board game. <laughs> that's pretty good. All right. Um, I mean, we got I, the basement I just, too. I buy really. I just like them. I just like pretty. I just like we like pretty games, like pretty cool, unique games. And it's just when I grew up, we always played games to learn. My family is always like a learning games family. Like my mom taught me stuff through through like D and D and and all kinds of stuff. So I feel like it's kind of the same. I, I think I've carried that with my kids. I we'll love have that. You, uh, we'll have you back on a board game for episode. a board game episode. Yeah. Um, we'll just do the same thing, only we'll just talk about board games the whole time. And we will great. have the Mistress of Magnificence and the Ma- here, and otherwise, the Mistress known, Magnificence here otherwise known as Mom. She will be hanging um, out with us. Linda, she's amazing. Her. She just doesn't do the video game thing uh, enough she's to amazing feel comfortable on the show. Yep, nope, that, listen, she's our board game editor, so there we um, go. everybody's got to have a silo. I do a really <laughs> bad time. I have a really hard time fitting into just one category. Like, I'm oh. really bad at it. Your silo is telling me what to do. Um, yeah, this is true. So I am exceptionally good at that. <laughs> she is exceptionally good at it. She just tells love me what to do. Love to see it. You love to see it. Listen, sometimes I like to be told what to do. Um, anyway. I'm a so, former editor-in-chief. What can I say? Yeah, it's true. It carries on. That's like a skill that never goes away. So, That's true. all right. So we got a generation that is ending, right? It's sad, but it's cool because we got these giant things. How about that? Brief aside, how about that giant freaking PlayStation 5? <laughs> how in the hell am I going to fit that in there? I don't even um, know how I'm going to do it. There's no entertainment centers that are fitting that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. E- I don't even know. I don't know. I, I'm afraid to tell my. I was Pharaoh I'm, out. I, I'm afraid to tell my wife. We'll figure it out. My favorite thing is we decided we're take. We're going to try and figure out if we can have my daughter hide behind it when it's in the house. We're going to have her like hide behind it and take pictures I mean, of it for Instagram. I'm pretty sure she can. Pretty thin, but I don't think that. I mean, she really have to try. That's I think like that, Vivi doing that. I know. It's, it's, it'll be fun. Vivi and I mean, Maggie are almost the same age, like almost exactly the same age, and they even look alike. It is the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um. The I don't know. Anyway, so that's just me being silly about how big this freaking PlayStation Five is. That thing is just stupid. It's a PC tower. Yeah, exactly. Only I got one of those. Yeah, one? it's weird. Yeah, I got one of those. So the generation was almost over. Can you tell? So with no preparation, um, because who prepares for podcasts? Tell us. What I are barely some of your prepare. Favorite, what What are some of your favorite games this generation? Like, what are you going to remember? Like when you think about the PS4, Xbox One, what, what are you going to remember? Ark Survival Evolved. It's my favorite game of all time. I have seven K hours in that game. Damn. Seven seven K seven K. I'm many. actually I'm actually kind of way over that, but let me let's not show how big of a loser I've been <laughs> you have for a, five years you have a healthy, of my life. Um uh, as let, let's be real, we don't sh- we don't hour shame here. Oh no, uh, I play Explain I play World know. of Warcraft. My okay, friend. so prior to playing Ark, I played World of Warcraft, and I just swapped addictions. <laughs> And uh, Arc has just five years. I'm five years in Arc, and it's kept my attention every time they come out with something new. Like, it's probably like if I had to, if I had to say in the games industry, what game would I love to go like work for or be a part of anything for them? It my dream is Studio Wildcard. Like my that's oh, like my that's big awesome. like that'd be like because I love their game. I love it. 
I love it. And you know what? There's very few black women who play that game. Very, very, very few. We're like rare unicorns. Black people in general, because our community is toxic. toxic. I have heard very bad things about it that is community. Very bad. It is very bad. It's the worst community I've ever seen on the internet. And I've seen a lot of things on the internet. Okay. It is bad. But the game is the most magnificent game. And I can't wait to see it on next gen because it's kind of janky still. Uh, Cause it's got really long loading times. Mm-hmm. It's got all kinds of stuff. So like, I'm just ready to see That's that solid game. state. Yeah. And I just can't wait. I, I can't wait to see it on next gen. Like everybody's like, what new game are you going to play? Like, what are you so excited for? And I'm like, baby, I'm still excited to see Ark. I can't wait to see Ark with that processing power. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting. It's going to be the first thing I play. I guarantee you it's going to be the first thing that I boot up and I play and I'm just going to sit back and watch the loading times be not, you know, a couple minutes because <laughs> right. it's a couple of minutes of loading time on Ark. Oh, so yeah. But well, yeah, there goes 285 gigs, 285 gigs uh, of game space is how much that game takes up, which I am completely comfortable with. Oh. I'm very comfortable with it. It's my favorite game. So like I, I will delete and re-add more games all the time. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. <laughs> That's fair Listen, enough. I, su- I support that. I-, I have been on Twitter telling people to delete games. Yeah. Stop freaking out about the hardware, so the hard drive size on these games. Just delete, delete that game you're never going to play. Or um, and then add it back. Sol- yeah, do yourself a solid and just put it on an external hard drive. You don't have to have a giant solid stage. Just like move them back and forth because you can do this. That's Although, what I do. I will say... I did say delete that three-year-old Assassin's Creed game, and the number of people who hit my DMs with screenshots at the end of the most recent asset or of not the most recent, but like a three-year-old Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> oh, what happened? What? Oh, it me. What? Yeah, Every, a number of. <laughs> I think people I still have like, Syndicate sitting on my PlayStation. I think. Yeah, I think I really I, like I delete, Evie. I delete games. I can't tell you the last time I completely finished and beat a video game in its full entirety. Can't I can't tell you. Arc. Uh, Arc. I mean, I've beat Arc, like the actual story plotline of Arc. I've beat the plotline, but like Arc is a, a big MMO, like World of Warcraft. So, and I play PvP, so there's really no end of it. But like, I beat Arc, and that's the only game. Maybe I don't know. Maybe since I was a kid that I've beaten. I I don't beat games. I don't. I don't games have the attention span. I just, and I'm also not that like driven to just beat the game. Like, see, like, I don't care about story. And I've said this on every podcast. And I'm staying right. consistent. I do not care. I, <laughs> I love you guys. That's um, fair. But I don't care. Now I will say squadrons did kind of suck me into the story. Like I was into it, but because it wasn't so long, it was like little snippets in between these things. And if it's little snippets and not like 22 minute cutscenes, mm-hmm. I tend to be okay. Did it help? So what you're saying is no JRPGs for you. Never. Please don't do that. It's just like, I will, I will play them for you. I've never wanted to play the Witcher. And you know what? But I love the show and I'm, I'm planning on reading the books because I love books. I'm a big bibliophile. So like, I love to read the books, but I do not care about watching cutscenes in a video game. I, I personally spam whatever button I have to, to get through it because I have three children who are to toddlers. Yeah. I've got, Three children, two are toddlers. I'm homeschooling them. I'm trying to play through games. And I hear all these people always talk about backlogs, and I literally can't relate. I can't, I can't relate. I'll pick the game up, 
I'll play it when I want to play it. I'm a casual gamer who happens to make a living for it, but I, I play games because I just enjoy the magic of games. I don't enjoy the push to complete the game. I just love living in that world for a while to escape from whatever, you know, where we are now. Yes, yours broadly. To be fair, I didn't beat The Witcher either. I had, I, 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 I fell in love. I had an experience, I, and then I bounced. That was it. <laughs> I so love it. I, That's me in life. <laughs> I played. I played part of The Witcher with my dad. Like I sat with my dad and like watched him play it, and I bounced off when I found out that sleeping with women got you trading cards. And I'm like, I feel like that's gross. Think I'm gonna leave now. Think I'm gonna just like bye. So I didn't. There was only that one game. woman for me, so I played that game not as intended because I played it as strictly monogamous. And then sure. my and then my wife actually died, and then I was like, oh right, well, never mind. My story's over. He's gonna retire and let the werewolves or whatever take over the kingdom. <laughs> Screw that's it. That's fair. I, I mean, I am a huge story person because I'm a writer. If I didn't like I seriously have my writing notebook like right beside me at all times in case I have to scribble furiously. I'm like, I have an idea. I got to go. You forget. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's me at three o'clock in the morning where I'm like, oh, I got to go write. Holy crap. And then I just crash the next day and burn. And, you know, my partner's like, Wanda, why are you like this? I'm a writer, guys. Don't worry about it. Everybody's got to have a thing. That's my thing. But you know what I really want to talk about? And I mean, yes, I want to get back. Yes, we're going to talk about next-gen consoles. But I really want to talk about the industry because that's that's my passion, right? Like, my passion, that's why why I talk about video games because I love talking about the industry. So this is the inevitable state of the industry question. You know, you have been, even if you haven't been like full on, full on content creation for more than five, more, well, I guess like more than a year. It's like a year, right? It was, yeah. yeah. So even if you weren't doing that, but you were broadcasting, like you've seen the state of the industry, you're no dummy, you've been around. So, but how have things changed since you really started digging into the industry since you were like, really dialed in how have things changed or not changed so i'm gonna be super honest my twitter was zero industry people until a lesson in blackness um activism's my life like outside of streaming like activism is my life uh i work on prison reform stuff i work on uh making sure that there's food stability in the area that i live in with draw a smile i also work with uh justice and maternal support i'm on the board of directors for which is uh me and two other women and we work on things like birthing laws in our state um, and anti-shackling laws for female prisoners etc while they're giving birth like we work on these things i spoke at the capitol about my birth stories and the violation of doctors and how they push for c-sections all kinds of like family-based stuff so that being said my twitter was zero industry people i didn't know anything about the industry until lesson in blackness which changed the industry khalif changed the state of the industry with that podcast um we went viral we went very viral but all of a sudden the industry was faced with our real feelings about what it was like to be a creator of color what it was like to be black in america and what it was like to be a black person in games and uh after 
I got my baptism into the industry um, as a person that spoke out about it with no connections and with hopes of one day making some. And so what I can tell you I've seen so far is um, there's an effort being made. And though it is very slow growing, some of it is uh, very, and I don't want to use the buzzword performative because I don't like that word. Um, Mm. Some of it is very superficial. Um, and money and money driven, but some of it is real and life-changing Logitech shout out my, my sponsors Logitech sponsors a lot of black up and coming creators, their whole room. When I'm in their rooms is extremely comfortable to me because as people that look like me, people with disabilities, um, people that don't look like me, it's just a place where I am in a room and I feel represented in that room. That's awesome. Um, and I love that about them behind closed doors. Logitech isn't loud about what they do. They're not. No. But they they don't have to be. But what they're doing behind closed doors, also, they they care about the environment. And they're look, working on all these things about, like, recycling and all kinds of stuff about sustainability with their electronics. I'm a Logitech gal. Yeah, so we, so we love it, right? We love to mm-hmm. see it. Um, but other companies aren't. And some, of, some companies, I guess, since then, I've kind of had to be the new kid on the block. And... It's been very overwhelming because some people really have tried to take advantage of me in this situation since I'm like kind of like hot property. People have like tried to use my name or my person to like get things out there but not compensate me very well or offer me zero compensation and ask me to do lots of work in the industry. Um, People that question me about like they want me to do emotional labor work for them and then that's not, you know, it's like – I've seen the best and the worst. And if I didn't have somebody like Ka, uh, Blessing, or Paris, who have pulled me aside and said, you, and Andrea Renee and Brittany, mm-hmm. um, who've pulled me aside and said, girl, these people better be paying you and you better be making sure like you're being treated fairly. Um, yep. And, and get, let me help you get you in the room with people because like, I don't know anybody, you know? So like I'm new and I had no idea about how all of these things work. So when you see my takes on Twitter and like my observations, they're very much the observations of a person who's incredibly new and I'm calling it like I see it because I have no ties to these people because if I'm a hundred percent honest, I don't care. (laughs) I, I don't care. I love that. Yeah. Continue. (laughs) I just want, I just want it to be better and fair. I don't care if I become the black fat girl ninja. I don't care if I'm, uh, you know, never, uh, asked on another podcast or show, or if I have a million followers or if I have zero, I, I don't care. It's really nice. Every day I wake up and I'm just happy to be here. I'm blessed that people pay attention or they care what I have to say. And I kind of just take it like that every day. I just wake up and I'm like, hey, I, it's really rad that I have a, 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 a space in this industry. I might not have one tomorrow. But while I'm here, let's talk about the things that you guys are trying to push under the rug. Because some of these people are so afraid of not getting anything that they're afraid to talk. Yeah. And this is a connections-based industry. It always yeah. has been. It's been it's access-based, especially if you're a journalist. And I've gone from being a journalist, you know, because I started 10 years ago in in 2010, just as like this little baby blogger, right? Yeah. And I moved through the ranks and it took me a long, 
long time to get paid. It took me a long time to make any headway. I was a mom. I didn't have time. I was like, who the hell has time to like put all of this effort into like pitching and getting their name out there when I'm just trying to pay the bills. And I mean, my life is a lot different now, especially, you know, since I moved to the United States and my, my husband's job has changed and, you know, my partners and I are all living together and raising our four kids. So it's, it's like pooling resources matters. But prior to that, my husband and I were just, we were struggling. We lived in Vancouver and I was a freelance writer and it was tough. And it's not fair. No. We don't ask. We don't ask artists. We don't say, "Hey, do this art for me for exposure." I mean, people do, but they're. Jerks. I mean, people do that, but they're. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and but we expect all these people in the games industry to do things like, "Hey, I'm going to give you a game code, but I want you to produce me hours of content. I want you to use your time to to promote this, and I want to do this." And oh, by the way, I, I uh, it's just for the game code. And um, I've had a lot of people do that to me, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm." worth probably more than this and uh, my time yes if you're not at least paying me minimum wage for my time maybe we shouldn't have this conversation um and i've had to learn that because i burnt myself out a little bit a month ago just being so grateful for getting opportunities that black women don't get in this space that i was doing things that i was not valuing myself at all but i was just trying to open the door for the opportunity and that sure. was wrong of me to do though it, it's not right we shouldn't have to do it no and, um, and i went a long time i went seven years in this industry I'm not without getting that. paid. I'm no. not doing it. Yeah, Absolutely I'm not doing not. it. And I'm not doing it for black women behind me. And I'm not doing it for other marginalized people behind me. So as of like a week ago, I decided to bounce back when somebody came at me with an offer. I said, nope, I'm sorry. You literally are asking me to do things for hours and hours. And you said no. And then somebody came at me with a good offer, like a really good offer. And I was like, okay, well then I obviously am worth this much, but heck yeah. So, you know, like I think that I'm just learning, but I, I'm also trying to, to kind of drag it out before I leave. Uh, like before, maybe I'm not somebody that people want to care about anymore or not listen. Cause you know, the internet's fickle. Nobody might care about me next week. So eh, while I'm here, I just want to hold people accountable and hold them to the fire a little bit and make po folks really uncomfortable and make people question why they're doing what they're doing and make people value people like me in their space because there's not a lot of us. There's not a lot of plus-sized women in this space that are people are looking at or speaking to because they look over us so much. There's not yeah. a lot of black women because they act like we don't exist in this space. And so I'm just going to keep being loud until they usher me out the side door. Um, and I don't care if I get on PR list. I don't care. Like, I don't care. It would be great because people like me should have access to things. Agreed. Like, I, and, and I think I, it's not entitlement, but I, I'm saying like, because we are of value too, and we should be equally valued like our yes. peers. Exactly. Um, and, and just I think a seat at the damn table. Yes. I, man, I don't even care if I have to sit at the table. If I could just like get in the room where you guys are at the table, then I'll feel like I've done something before I leave. Does that make sense? Y'all like, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. And the industry to me just, I guess I just don't care. I'm just happy to be here. I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be making the moves that I'm making and make people think the way that I'm hopefully making them think. Mm. What I'd like, that is a sound bite. That is a sound bite right there. I love it. So we're going to move into like next gen consoles now because that was like the heavy <laughs> question. So 
So when I was writing these questions, I'm like, I have to be the person to ask that question because it's yeah. always me. Anytime I'm in interviews, I'm like, I'm the, I'm the gal that asks the really hard questions. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah. I make CEOs sweat. I make them hate me. It's okay. I will yeah. tell you those stories one day. We will have a glass of wine or I'm some whiskey. And I will tell you. Sure, yeah. we'll, we'll drink some tequila. And I will tell you those stories. And they are gnarly stories about me getting in the room with some CEOs. Oh, so I, I can tell you some in my very short, you know, from June to now, the things that people have come my DMs with. And I'm just like, y'all are a mess. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right, Steve. It's all you. I get to follow that. The way it works, she asks the tough questions. I'm just an unmitigated hype monster. I love it. So <laughs> we're getting t made. So it's next gen console time. I know because I lived that that whole day with you, full of <laughs> you know joy and stress. You're getting yourself. It was a roller coaster. Uh, a roller coaster for all of us. But it, you had some extra some extra coaster on the end of that. Um, you know, working with your community to to help get things going. Yeah. Um, Shout so, out to my community. Yeah, your you community. Guys full of awesome the folks. Best. So so where are you coming in on this next generation? Are you get you are you, you're getting one of the consoles? Which one? I did. I ordered the Xbox Series S. So I was able to get the Series S. Shout out to my community because I've never... So let's give another perspective of games industry real quick. It is a bunch of people who have egregious amounts of money to spend on things. Uh, And uh, people like me don't take those kinds of money lightly. Like, I just don't. Half the time, I don't even get new games when they come out because I have... That's expensive. I have three kids. I have a problem, like, literally treating myself to anything. Like, I, okay, for qualifier, I hadn't had my nails done in five years since I got married. I've been married five years. Last time I had my nails done was on my wedding. But my community has treated me to getting my nails done, like, twice because, like, I don't do self-care oh, stuff because, like, I... community. Yeah, like, I just don't because I'm a mom and I feel guilty if I spend $5 on a coffee. Um, that being said, I've never had a... a a console when it dropped like that's just unheard of to somebody like me who doesn't have that kind of money because you know half the world doesn't have that type of money and i my community one of the guys in my community silver was like we've got to get you that consoles on and set it in the discord and everybody just started piling in like set up a coffee like we're gonna we're gonna you know donate and we're gonna get you a console the day of the day of which you were on that roller coaster ride with mm-hmm. Twitter and everybody raised enough money. We raised enough immediately. It was so crazy because all these people were so nice and everybody's just like everybody. If, if they could give a dollar, they gave a dollar. If they could give 20, they gave 20 in. I was able to go and then I had to click manically. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That whole thing was a nightmare. It was the worst thing. I It was like the coolest experience because I was so elated that I was able to get a console and be part of like a launch of a console, which I've never done. But then it was like the incredible emotional devastation of trying to order things because this pre-order stuff was not well done. No. Um, and Target broke and told me I didn't get it. So I was all like, oh, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And then I got an email like maybe 40 minutes later that was like, hey, your order has been placed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I pushed it 25 times. How many times did you charge my card? Like, It's like a whole like... 
It was good though. That's, like I, I said, extra coaster at the end of the roller coaster. It was so crazy, and I didn't think I got one, and then I got one. So it was like, it was the coolest moment of my life. I guess I got to be an unmitigated hype beast for a day. So like, it was the dopest thing ever. But yeah, I definitely am looking forward to the Xbox. Like, I'll get the PlayStation later on if it's something that I can like afford down the road. But the idea of having like a first you know like this is a next gen thing on i'm gonna have it on day one feels so i don't know i'm like really hype about it i guess <laughs> like, I feel awesome really i mean so two things don't apologize for excitement oh not ever. on this show ever. not on this show number one not on this show but number two i don't think you do apologize but I, this is just for everybody listening hype is hype right at the end of the day these are luxury entertainment devices and if we are if you are one of the folks that is blessed to be able to have one of these things whether because you foster an amazing community that helped you that wanted to see you enjoy that content day one and, yeah. you know, that's amazing. Or if you thank goodness for Amazon for me and, you know, Amanda and Mike for, you know, some of my other stuff. Trust me. Mike is I a cowboy when it comes to consoles. My God, that man. If you want all of the details about how Mike handled the whole pre-order thing, like we got a bunch of consoles and we are giving, we're just making sure that our friends have them. That's like, if, so like, I mean, so many of them, they couldn't get them because the servers crashed and like Mike was just tenacious. He's like, I don't care. We are getting these consoles for our friends because I just like that with the, the switch. I just wish that they didn't launch them so close together so people would have had more time to like stack funds to afford them. Because I would have yeah. loved to have had both on launch because I really want to play yeah. Ratchet and Crank. I, I want to play it so bad because that's Ratchet and Clank and Little Big Planet are my two favorite games. And they're pretty much all I play on PlayStation. It's my whole reason for having PlayStation because Little Big Planet is something I played when I was pregnant with my 12 year old. And it was like my game like that I loved. And so like I love it. I love it. And if they would have just spaced it out, I feel like it would have been more attainable, but hopefully there'll be some around November and I'll have like some extra cash on hand, but ugh, it was just kind of crazy. And the way they handled it was kind of a mess, but it wasn't good. Like, like you said, let's preface this. These are luxury items. And in the middle of a pandemic, if you can't afford them, you should in no way, shape or form feel weird or guilty about it. It's easy to get caught up in the hype of feeling that way, especially when you work in games. You can feel like you're left behind and like you're not having the adequate tools to do your job because your job is games. And when other content creators are far ahead of you on the curve, it can feel like you're struggling to keep up. And for those of you that don't have it, please know that I'll be playing really old games on it. And uh, I have no shame. I just want the fancy stuff. But I would have lived without it. And you can still make dope content and not have those next gen consoles like you can play catch up it's fine so i wanted to add one extra thing to this um and part of it is a thank you to you uh, because while all that was happening and part of it was it, 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 time is a flat circle as we say but you put out a tweet around the 70 dollars video game rollout talked about how you noticed that your timeline was full of a very specific demographic talking about how games needed to be more expensive, more or less. And as a member of that target demographic, I totally get it. And I saw the same thing. And I want to thank you because your perspective was useful to me because I was admittedly one of those people who was saying things 
to myself. I don't think I had tweeted it, but I know I had said it to Amanda that, you know, oh, we haven't had a price change in a while, but you kind of woke me up a a bit. And to the point where I actually went on Respawn Aim Fire, which is their friends of the show. And I went on their podcast and they call me the podcast dad, which is really (laughs) weird. Um, That's okay. I'm Game Journal mom, so... Welcome um, to the party. It's yeah, welcome to the party. Well, it's because I'm way older than them, I think, is really the deal. But you're just like maternal and like loving and caring. I'm just old. That's true. I want to fold um, everybody in. Yeah, you just want to <laughs> take care of everybody. I'm just old and tell people stuff. But I was able to because w- there was a guy that was very proud that he was kicked out of a bunch of Facebook groups for loudly declaring that games were too cheap. And I was like, dude, that's not something to be proud of. That you is know? not something to be proud of. And the host, one of the hosts started engaging with me. And I was like, you know what? Let's save this for the podcast. And we did. And because you provided me with that perspective, I was actually able to hop on there. And I actually, you know, kind of changed their minds and helped uh-huh. wake them up a little bit. I, I just want games to be accessible. I just. I mean, that's a, at the at the end. You're right. At the end of the day, at the, you know, we can't change it, right? You know, if they're going to raise the price, they're going to raise the price. We can't set the world on fire about it. However, let's not get ourselves so fired up about how games need to be more expensive that we get ourselves kicked out of Facebook groups over it. Like, maybe we got to live with it. Maybe we'll figure it out. But let's not be so proud of how expensive these things are because 10 bucks, if you don't, if 10 bucks is not a thing to you, then you don't know how much 10 bucks is but man you know as someone who deals with a lot of parents you know there's a lot of single moms that come to me and are like hey what should i get my kids and i'll never forget you know there's a mom that was a, a scout mom with my kids and her husband died a while back and she i ran into her in gamestop and i she was asking for a switch game for her kids and i recommended splatoon because i knew it was going to be a game for her kids. Okay. I knew it. Well, because Splatoon is immaculate, but then she's like, you know what? It's 60 bucks. I can't afford it. And, you know, it just, it's not that it didn't occur to me, but it just, just and so I was like, oh, Rocket League. Because <laughs> at that point it was 20 bucks. And yeah. so, and that thing where it's like, you know what, man? Like if you're a single white dude and you're a programmer, 10 bucks ain't nothing to you. That's two burritos. But to some people, $10 may as well be a million dollars. So and I, um, I think that's so important. I think that perspective yeah. is so much skewed through a very specific lens in the games industry, right? That it can be, I'm one of those people. And, and somebody said it today, actually, in my DMs. Let me read it to you real quick. This is what somebody said in my DMs, because this is actually, like, right on point with this. Somebody said, um, hey... I I love you so much, Sam, and I'm glad you appear in these spaces. I grew up in the budget gaming house. Um, My sis and I were saying how we've never had a console day one, and the newest one I ever had was an Xbox One about a month or so after release because I really wanted Sunset Overdrive. And they were like, I'm just really glad that you're in these spaces talking about people that can't afford these things because I am very much a mom who can't afford these things. I live in Mississippi. Uh, The cost of living here is very low, but like, I'm also somebody who has disability, and we live off one income for five people, which, you know, That's is hard. not a lot of money. Um, and I mean, my Twitch income is is okay, but Twitch is Twitch. They take like 50% of what I make and I don't make a whole lot. I'm not a big streamer. Um, so for me, like when I see these things in these spaces and they get, you know, all these people and they... 
it's a level of entitlement I just can't relate to. Um, So I'm very detached, I guess, from my relationship with the gaming uh, community. And I just live in my own world of games. That's so I just don't see myself reflected in the community at all. Um, when I get a code, I'm so grateful because not only am I getting a code to play a game, but because I would have never afforded to play that game otherwise. So sometimes I think these yep. people in these spaces are, they, there's just a huge disconnect. And I really think that gaming is so important. It's important for your mental health. It's great tool for learning. It's a great tool for communication and helping you stay connected to other people in the world. It opens up doors that you never realized could be open. But gaming is behind a paywall that is becoming more and more inaccessible to the everyday adult. Because not even most people don't even have in America stable internet at this point. I live in Mississippi. I live in the poorest state in the United States of America. Uh, you know, we're 50th for everything. Education, money. I mean, we're very poor. I can drive 10 minutes from my house and you will see houses that look like third world country places and they don't have plumbing. I lived in a place like that not very long ago in my life. So when I think about gaming and I think about all the money that goes into gaming, I I just feel very disconnected. So when somebody says $70 game, like it's nothing, I just want them to just take a second and think about it and think about the people in their timeline that might not get it. It's just like before you open your mouth and say something racist or before you open your mouth and you say something about somebody's size or their weight. Don't be classist. Don't be a classist in gaming. Let's just keep gaming accessible. And journalists, cover as many little indies as you can, please. And cover, uh, you know, the free games, too, uh, that aren't on things like Game Pass that even require a subscription. But I'm talking about just the freebies, the, like, little freebie games that you can get for free. Let's just talk about those sometimes because I just want people to to feel like they can connect in gaming. And right now there's just a big disconnect. Sorry, I went on a whole rant about money, but it's just very important It's all me. good. Anytime you want to come talk to me one-on-one about that, like legit, I love talking about this kind of stuff because I run virtual economy with Mike. We, we have huge conversations about pricing, but we always preface the conversation with, listen, we cannot have a conversation about pricing and a luxury hobby without acknowledging the disproportionate impact on marginalized communities and folks that come from disadvantaged socioeconomic backgrounds. That is the entire preamble. And that still goes into everything that we talk about. It is so important. It is, I know where I came from. I did not come from a ton of privilege growing up. I didn't. I have it now. Yeah. But I didn't have it growing up. So I can look back at what my life was and I can look at what my life is now. And I can still be like, just because my life is different doesn't mean that it changed for everybody else. It doesn't mean that. You always yeah. got to stay grounded in empathy. You always got to stay grounded in what is good for everybody. Girl, that that's my whole being in this space because even like with twitch streamers i find a hard uh it's like a hard sell for me when i'm interacting with bigger streamers because they do things like complain about like subs and i'm like my god i can't even imagine can you imagine like a thousand i i can't imagine a thousand people subscribing to my channel that's an impossible like seven subscribers and i'm grateful for every single one can you imagine though can you imagine like a thousand or can you imagine five thousand and then complaining about having a sub drop I no. can't 
relate. That's bonkers. And, and so I find myself so I find myself on the outside of a lot of these conversations because of money. And I and I found myself out there I and I wanted people to know like very transparently, like, hey y'all, uh you're watching the budget game, mom. So uh when you see what you see, you're seeing whatever happens by the grace of God in my community. That's it. That's it. That's that's what's there. Like and, so then go ahead, Steve. Go oh, ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I mean, that also explains the wild popularity of games like Fortnite and Among Us, because Among Us, if you buy it on PC, oh, it's yeah. five dollars, Yeah, which is I mean, admittedly, having a PC is a paywall. But, you know, I was wondering, you know, I, this game just took over out of nowhere. But you can get it on your phone, but you can, you can get, get it on, your, it on phone. your iPad or whatever. Uh, trust me, I, I know I didn't believe you. I didn't believe anyone until my kids showed it and explained to me that they had been playing it on their phones. That's pretty sus, dude. Um, yeah. It is definitely well. sus. <laughs> <It's really> sus. <laughs> they really can i tell you how much they hate it when i use that word they really My don't like it when i say that go crazy whenever i use like the language they're using with their kids they're like no my kids hate it they Mom knows it. i'm so, I'm so glad cool. my kids like my kids think i'm very young and hip so i do only well, occasionally do my kids uh both of you but they're also babies <laughs> both of you are young and hip I am the opposite of that. I am old and just look at me. <laughs> Let's be Listen, real. Listen, I'm what? a grandma. I hang out sipping tea, reading books, and taking bubble baths to deal with my anxieties. Literally my yes. life. And tequila. Yes. Lots yes. Because Zom- when I think grandma, I think zombie kills with a Z on the end. Yep. That's exactly how that works. 10 out of 10. That's how that works. Yeah, um, <laughs> we have one more question. We have one more question to wrap up this incredible conversation. And then, yes. And then you can go play Fortnite. I'm going to go play squadrons or squadron it's squadron it's it ends in n squadron remember things it's amanda tough. tough all right so last question there's no style for guide for this podcast we're good there's no style guide who cares listen as someone who has worked as a journalist style guides are so important don't at me we don't have one but let's talk i know it's fine we don't need one for a podcast it's fine we'll do it we'll do it live right now maybe <laughs> So, Bay, I want to know what your big dreams are for this next generation of consoles. Dream big. Like, game-wise? Game-wise, service-wise, tech-wise. In your life, what are you dreaming about for the next gen of consoles? I mean, I feel like Xbox nailed it for me, for what I have big dreams of, like with xCloud and everything that they're doing. I feel like they've hit the bar on the head. The only thing that I need, like, I want the next, you know, like I, I really, if I had to dream big, I'd say a way for us to like use just one thing for everything like where i could like the size of that xbox i feel like it should be a pc tower but uh same with the sony i mean like i feel like well the extra small small is pretty small yeah but like computers are still necessary can we get to a point with uh games where we can just (laughs) it all be one big thing i don't know i mean we're getting closer with processing power and all these different things but it still isn't the same and if we could marry these like a little bit better we'd be there but i feel like xbox has nailed it with everything they're doing the x cloud like the packaging of everything the accessibility and the range that we have in game pass is incredible as a person coming from a budget background baby game pass is the best deal in games period there's not singing this song for a year 
We yeah. agree. And and I just I can't even get over the fact of like how incredible uh, of a job Xbox has done with that. Like I the only thing Xbox has to work on is, you know, their harassment policies and getting their consoles into female creators of color. That's it. That's the tweet. Like, <laughs> that's it. Uh, you know, other than that, like, I'm really impressed by everything Xbox has done, other than their blatant uh, lack of inclusion of women in color in their campaigns. Xbox, do better. I've got five Xboxes in my home. Five. I'm a console girl. There's lots of us black women, brown women, Latino women. Black adjacent Asian women, anybody you could get these consoles to. But I've seen a whole lot of men. And I saw yeah. that you sprinkled in a couple of men of color to make us feel better. But they weren't women of color. So I need you to do better. Um, I think I saw one woman of color who got one. And she had an egregious amount of followers. So therefore, I guess they felt comfortable enough giving her one. And I need them to just do better. I need them to do better and I need them to do better for the people that love and consume whatever they put out for us. And and I do, I'm an avid Xbox consumer. Um, I'm an Xbox girl over everything else. I'm Xbox over my computer. I'm Xbox over everything. So I need Xbox to do better. Uh, and that's yeah. how I feel about it. Uh, but I think that they are the future of gaming. I don't think that Sony holds a, holds a candle to the value and the accessibility of the Xbox console, controller accessibility, controller wise, etc. Everything about Xbox to me is better. Mm. You love to hear it. You really do. Because I feel a lot of those same feelings. So yeah. that's fabulous. Hey, Steve, do you know what we did? We, uh, I, I think... If I remember correctly, I think we just made it through episode 241 of the Engaged Family Gaming podcast. We did, like champions. <laughs> no, they. You know what's crazy? We haven't we haven't gotten canceled yet. We haven't Not yet. Canceled yet. There's no podcast Not cops yet. here. There's no podcast cops here. So. <laughs> Everybody, uh, thank you so much for listening. This was a voyage, but it was a voyage well-traveled. Zom, thank you for coming here and adding us as one of the uh, legs on your whirlwind media tour. This is not quite podcast beyond, but I, I like to think that we're fun. <laughs> oh, you guys are you guys are amazing and thank you for having me it's literally oh, been a back. joy it's been a joy hanging out with you guys on twitter and it's just solidified how awesome you guys are so thank you guys well uh at, thank you for joining us everybody else thank you for listening we will be back next week it will be board game week there's yes. stuff to talk about. I don't. I, I. I know Linda had a plan. She had a plan. Listen, I don't know. What I have Marvel United sitting right there. It is begging to be played. It, it's been <laughs> begging. Yep, yeah. girl. It's been sitting there since last week. Listen, stop talking to me about it. I haven't had time. I was I, doing mock reviews. I get it. Listen, but you were. You got sassy with me. I'm allowed to get sassy back. I can do it once a week. That's how it works. One whole I time. Get, I get one whole time a week where I, text I get to you be about it. After we're done. I'm definitely going to hear from it. So everybody, we'll be back next week. It will be board games. Do me a favor, throw us a review, find us, do the thing, but also extra thing. You're on Twitch. Probably go find zombie kills. I would say it's pronounced like you think it is, but 
It's probably not. It's Z O M B A E K I L two L's, right? K I L L Z. I say that as I'm literally looking at the Skype where her name is underneath <laughs> her face. Um, cause I'm that fool. So everybody go to Twitch, drop her a follow, watch some of her content. It is wild. She, she, she does cuss a little bit. It's for the grown up. So a leave lot. the kids um, yeah, when I say a little bit, I mean, she cusses like I get excited, but it's fine. She plays a lot of cool I video games. I use cuss words as euphemisms and expressions of language and not in a hateful way. Just so, just in case they were wondering. Oh, no, no, just, oh, no, listen. Language uh, neutrality. I, we're all on the same page here. I just am giving people the content warning. <laughs> yeah, they know content, that you are wonderful and lovely. Warning. Everything is fine. So, everybody, <laughs> we will be back next week. Can't wait. Until then. Don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye.